I lay in Zion for our foundation a stone. I lay in Zion for our foundation a stone, a dry stone. A precious cornerstone, he that believeth shall not make haste. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, he that believeth shall not make haste. I lay in Zion a sure foundation, a stone. I lay in Zion a sure foundation. A dry stone, a precious cornerstone, he that believeth shall, shall not make haste. He's a dry stone, he's a precious cornerstone. He that believeth shall, shall not make Jesus, you are a stone. You are a precious cornerstone. He that believeth shall not make haste. You are a dry stone, you are a precious cornerstone, he that believeth shall Our Lord Jesus, we bless you, the rock upon which we stand. The eternal stone, the rock that followeth your people. We worship you this morning. Bless your name, Jesus. We just want to cite your formation. Help us to see you, to cite your, your formation, what has been laid by the Father, the building of the Father, perfect construction of grace, merciful, faithful high priest, Jesus, we worship you this morning, thank you for 
your uniqueness. Thank you for how, how you are framed by God, what you have been framed into, a body of salvation, the cornerstone upon which we all rest. You are the head of the body, but you are also our foundation. We worship you, Jesus, this morning. Thank you for your spirit, the spirit that flows from your person, bringing sight, understanding, comprehension of your separation, your holiness. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who, who is the wearing upon God, the glory which he, which he wears, the light which he doth wear as a garment, the spirit of revelation, the unveiler of the deep things of God. Holy Spirit, we worship you, bless you. You are also worthy of so much reverence. So we reverence you today, we bless you, we don't take you for granted, thank you, your presence with us in the capacity in which you visit us is worthy of reverence. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. We ask today that you just come and let our hearts settle before you, uh, let our hearts just settle around your table, even to sit at the feet of the Lord to be taught by him. Thank you for the teaching anointing, the oil that causes the flames of God to burn, that causes the eyes to glow. I pray uh, anointing. May you come and open the anointed word to us today. Come and bring understanding and comprehension at a, at a level that is worthy of the book i pray father open up our minds as christ jesus quickened them he said he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures come and open our understanding this morning i pray in the name of jesus i ask lord use my tongue as a pen of a ready writer this morning to write your spirit upon us i ask for release of life and grace let it flow upon our hearts today thank you our father we receive the right heart for your word the, the reverence the fear the humility the brokenness the attitude that, of which we partake from you father i pray you bless us this morning with such an heart i ask for hunger true hunger and thirst for righteousness and you expand our vessel lord to receive depths and to drink out of your depths this morning. Thank you, our God. We worship your holy name. We give you all glory. Thank you. Pamaomi Hendo, Masano, Erestis, Tori Hengem, Kamanonja, Hamani Kata. Thank you. Omisano, even this day I open up a fountain among you, even unto for as many who are called Davids in the spirit, I open up a fountain 
to the house of David, of which you drink from even an everlasting fountain, a fountain of mercy is opening up to you to, to drink and drink of, of blessed things. For here we, we open up this fountain of the Spirit and it is thus opened up to you for, for you to drink. So we will also help you in drinking. For, for to drink and drink and drink until you are, you are filled. And thank you, our Father. We, we receive grace for drinking. Grace to partake of your, of your waters. Koranende alfeheno paranasada satanon turiente erdama. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning to everyone joining online too. You are blessed and you are welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Amen. Let's go to the book of, let's just read from Psalm 127. Praise God. Psalm 127, um, verse 1. It says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. Amen. See, it is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. Lord, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children in the, of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Praise God. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that do what? Uh, that build it, praise God. Uh, uh, so, building the house um, would take strength, praise God. We're looking at um, strength, that there is a supply of strength from above for building and for actually um, for being able to of course, building the house first, and the house is not an end in itself. The house is for the purpose of accomplishing the service or the worship of God. Praise God. So ultimately, it will take strength to worship. That's the summary of, um, I think, what the Lord is bringing to us. Amen. That it will take what a supply of strength, a different kind of strength to to 
perfect and to to do the worship of God. Praise God. So this word building the house involves a lot of things. Um, it involves, of course, we are, we are seeing how a lot must happen first for the house to be built. Um, there's a lot of intervention of heaven. for Because if God just leaves men to their devices, they will never build a house for God. Um, what is a house? A house is just a, a house is a formation that is dedicated, a house for God. And we know just the house is not just um, um, any kind of house. We saw from the book of First Peter, praise God, oh, yeah. that that house, we're reading First Peter and then we're reading Ephesians chapter 2. We so see that that house is first a spiritual house, Right, praise God. And then a spiritual house then th- that is used by for a holy priesthood. Praise God. Amen. When you have those two things together, uh, then it makes up a what? Uh, holy temple, right? So, if in uh, let's see, First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Uh, I'll read from from verse four. First Peter two verse four. It says, "To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, right?" You are built up a spiritual house, so there is not every house is spiritual. We know what for one thing that the house that Moses built was not spiritual, it was a physical house, praise God. Um, but he said, You are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood, right? Then, if you have a spiritual house and then you have a holy priesthood, then you will be able to offer upward spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Praise God. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says uh, in verse verse, um, 20, it says that, And I built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth into an holy temple on in the Lord. Praise God. It groweth into an holy temple in well in who? In the Lord. So an holy temple is a place where um what makes a temple an holy temple is that it is a place where spiritual sacrifices which are acceptable to God by the Jesus Christ. So the, the Jesus Christ is the Lord. So when they say that you are you are fitly framed together, right? The building is fitly framed, growing into an holy temple in the Lord. That word in is actually talking about a dimension of God where the um the acti- these activities are happening a dimension of God where these activities are what are happening the the Lord is actually the bringer of sacrifice 
Um, or, or in other ways, he's the one who makes sacrifices that are acceptable to God come. To be able to make sacrifices that God himself accepts, it has to be by the Lord. Or First um, Peter chapter 2 says, by Jesus Christ. So any sacrifice that is not offered by Jesus Christ is not acceptable to God. And so, Jesus Christ is the means by which men offer sacrifices to God. Jesus Christ, the word Christ, and that word for Christ to me means acceptable to God. Christ means what, is, what God accepts. That's why it, it, God has to sow his son, sow the Logos, until Christ will emerge. And when the full Christ emerged, that is when the redemption has happened. Praise God. So it takes Christ. Christ is the stepping stone into God. Amen. Amen. Uh, so um, what makes God, what, the only thing God accepts is Christ. God only accepts Christ. Praise God. So every sacrifice that is offered must be acceptable to God by who? By Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and it says here that except the Lord builds. So we are to be built, but it says except the Lord builds a house. What happened? They labor in vain. So it's possible to labor in vain in building. There are all kinds of houses. Who have, men have made attempts to build houses for God and houses for God so that God can be <laughs> to I guess the point of building the house is so that God will accept it um, and we are building constantly every time we take steps in righteousness and, and uh, every righteousness is a is an attempt to be accepted Amen even those who say that they are they are not Christians, they don't like God, they believe they don't they don't believe God. They can say it many people with their mouth, but um praise God. Yeah. They can say it with their mouth, but deep down in their heart, when you check their life, they are still doing some things. Yeah. And we, the root of that thing they are doing is to be accepted. Every man has that thing in them to be accepted. There's there's something that the there's someone who the heart knows that it that should he should be acceptable to. That's God, really. Praise God. And so men do things. Even a lot of the righteousnesses of men is for the purpose of acceptance. We just want that accept to be accepted by God. It's deep, it's a deep yearning of the soul. And God put that deep yearning there. And sometimes that's that thing now begins to drive activities of righteousness. Uh, but and, and amen. amen. So and every righteousness a man does is framing him a certain way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every righteous. If you keep doing righteousness, after a while, that righteousness will turn into worship. After a while, you become a house of that righteousness where you constantly offer such worship. Praise God. So men, every every day you are building something. You are being built up in a way. By things you are doing, by how you are living, you are being built up. We are all being built up in certain ways. Praise God. But there is what you call building that is vanity. There is vain building. That's what the, that psalm is speaking about. Praise God. is saying that if, if God does not build it, 
than those who labor. The word labor means the exertion of strength. Praise God. So it means that if it's not God doing it and they are laboring, it means the strength is flowing from somewhere. So that verse is telling you that every activity of strength to raise worship that is not done, does not originate from God, it will be, it will equal vanity. Will we be equal to what? Will will be equal to vanity. Praise God. So we have to learn about God's own way. God's own way of building. Praise God. God's own way of development. Let's see the book of Proverbs. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. The book of Proverbs. Let's see. Chapter twenty verse chapter twenty four, amen. Proverbs twenty four. I'll read from Proverbs twenty four, I'll read from verse verse three. Praise God. It says that through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. Praise God. Amen. And um, by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Then it now says, verse 5, that a wise man is strong. Yeah. A man of knowledge does what? Increased strength. Amen. Okay. Let's say that, to go over that again. It says a wise man is strong. And then what happened? A man of knowledge increases strength. So the wisdom is actually the beginning of strength. Wisdom is the what? Beginning of strength. Wisdom is the beginning of strength. The beginning. That's the first, the first, um, the first manifestation of strength is wisdom. Wisdom is the beginning of strength. Praise God. Or under what for wisdom is the entrance of strength. Wisdom is the initiation of strength. It's through wisdom someone is initiated into strength. Praise God. The, the acquisition of strength or the exchange of strength, it begins with a wisdom process. Wisdom is the doorway into strength. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, um, that verse 5 said, A wise man is strong. So, he has, a wise man has, has entered realm of strength, but then when he becomes a man of knowledge, then he, he what? Increases. That word increases, to me, I believe that word increases means it actually... Um, it it brings strength into fullness. It brings strength into what? Fullness. Into fullness. It brings strength into what? Fullness. A man of knowledge. So a man of knowledge is not the same as a wise man. A man of knowledge is a man who has reaped all the all the fruit that knowledge, that wisdom. That wisdom began to sow. Praise God. Wisdom, every season of wisdom is a sowing season. Mm. 
in a man. Wisdom is the be- wisdom is a beginning. Praise God. Wisdom is what? Wisdom is a beginning that is going somewhere. So when a person begins to access wisdom, that person has actually been moved into a season of sowing. Praise God. That should result in a season of fruitfulness. And the fruitfulness of the soul, the, the fruit that the soul bears is knowledge. Praise God. The fruit that the soul bears is what? The fruit that the soul bears is what? It's knowledge. Knowledge is the fruit of the soul. So if knowledge hasn't appeared, the fruit hasn't arrived. Or let me say, knowledge is the ripened fruit. Knowledge is what? Ripened fruit. Amen. So, wisdom, verse 3 says, through wisdom, a house is builded. So, are you seeing what they are saying here is that this house is builded means through wisdom. Through wisdom, a house is builded. Means wisdom is, a, is, a, is how, is the instrument that is used in building. Through everything that is, that is in the building process must pass through wisdom. So, so that word through, when you hear the word through, through means like passage. Through means this is the way. Amen. The way, the opening. The opening, the... If you don't have that thing, you don't have it through. You don't have a, a way to pass. You don't have a way to, amen, to accomplish that thing. Praise God. So, if, so what they say, when you see a house, for example, you look at this house now. This house, everything that is in this house... Passed through wisdom. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every, if you try to do things, let's say at some point in the house, let's say like you remove wisdom and say, let's just be doing it, things without wisdom. Mm-hmm. What will end up, you will not see this house. Mm-hmm. It will be something else. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And if there was anything that was not passed through wisdom, after a while you would detect it. It's possible mm-hmm. you maybe you build a house, you not see some things that this thing did not pass through wisdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God, because... A house, especially the, especially the house of God, is to be fitly framed, according to Ephesians chapter 2, right? Mm-hmm. Say to you, um, not just some part of the building, all the building mm-hmm. is fit, fitly, fitly framed. Praise God. Mm-hmm. That, and that word for that fitly is referenced in, or the thought behind that fitly framed is referenced in the book of Hebrews, praise God, when they were speaking concerning Moses' house, Jesus' house, they say Moses was faithful in all his house, amen, Amen. praise God, he said he was what? Faithful Faithful in all his house, that's Hebrews chapter chapter 3, right, amen, that he was faithful in all his house, that was all his house, means every area, every aspect of his house. Right, and it was it said there that the Lord told him, See then that you build it according to the pattern that was showed. Amen. So the, the patterns of the building of the house were actually patterns of wisdom. They were wisdom patterns, praise God, which which it, it would take the mouth of God to direct such a build. How do you build a building that can accept sin from people, that can take away people's sins? 
You can't just wake up and say, okay, I will do. You can't. It's, there's something. Amen. Amen. There's, a, there's a wisdom. Uh, or, or how do you build a building that can make worship to rise from the earth? Amen. Amen. To heaven. Praise God. Amen. So it will take wisdom to build it. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. You see, um, one of the insights into the wisdom requirement is when God was telling Aaron the kind of people who, you know, God God gave specification for everything. Everything that has to do with measurement, that has to do with dimension, that has to do with material, what kind of material to use, then what measurement that has to do with color. Right, so things that you can relay with words. He relayed them with words. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then, but there are other now co- more complex things that are not easily, uh, you can't describe to Moses. Praise God. Let's say, now I can describe to somebody, the house should be this dimension, that dimension, the other dimension, and then describe it. Praise God. But it might be hard for me to describe somebody how to design. You see that thing on the... On the railing, you see that that round thing there. The way it's the way it's carved, it's it's almost like an uh, the way they carved it's a skilled work. Yes, Praise God. So now that was the, the the remaining dimension that God could not plainly tell what Moses. But God that told him, okay, they are specific people who I have already pre-designed. Let's see that place. In Exodus, Amen. Praise God. What chapter in Exodus is that again? Where he said, I have. Uh, okay. 30. Is it, is it 31? Okay. Praise God. Uh, yes, 31. Uh, let's read from Exodus 31, verse 1. Praise God. So, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, praise God, and then in knowledge, and then in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold, amen, amen. To, and in silver and in brass, praise God, and in cutting of stones to set them and to and in the carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship and i behold i have given him with aholiab the son of ahisamach of the tribe of dan and in the hearts of all of all that are wise-hearted are you seeing it i have put wisdom that they may make all that what you see, the Yunus, even the tabernacle of the congregation, the ark of the testimony, everything, to be honest, all the, I believe the Lord might have even given more, in, more specific instructions to, let's say, who will actually design certain things. Because the Yunus began to list almost everything that he had told him to. So, the people who actually put it together, God has worked in them. Praise God. Amen. I have, what did he say, verse 6? He says that, um, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, right, um, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have, what? 
commanded thee, the tabernacle of the word, congregation, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the word, and all the furniture. Praise God. And um, amen. amen. You see, after the furniture, go on. What else? Okay. 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 Even the anointing oil. Okay. Uh huh. Yes. Shall they do these people? According to all I've commanded, thee, shall they what? Shall they do so? It so it means in building the house there is wisdom. You now see the being of true wisdom, and house is built. Through wisdom, if you don't, if you don't, let's say you have all these specifications, you have everything, and then you don't bring these particular guys, bring some other people to do it. What you will get will not be, it will not be faithful. Mm. The, the Moses will not have been faithful in all his house because he will have um, things, praise God, that are not according to the specification, praise God. And we know that we are God's house, he says, whose house are what are we, amen, in that book of Hebrews. Now, Paul was speaking concerning his own skill in building in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's see. Are we from... Verse 7, it says, And so then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered it, right? Mm-hmm. But God that giveth the increase. It says, Now that now he that planted and th- that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. See, for we are laborers together with God. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, for ye are God's husbandry, and, then, and ye are what? God's building. So God is the builder, but we are laborers together. We are laborers together with God. So it's like, same thing with that Moses' house. God brought forth, is the bringer of the specifications. He's the one who's bringing every, all the direction, all the ideas for the building. The architecture of the building is inside God. And he brought it out to Moses. Praise God. But Moses now needs laborers. Praise God. And so laborers, you saw it, laborers must be skilled. If God... If skill was involved with just building that physical house, which is just a physical house, amen. amen. How much more building of a spiritual house will there not be skill involved? Uh, there is a skill, so there is a way. There's a skill involved with how men are built, and uh, and that skill, to be honest, is actually a skill of the heart. In in that place, he said, "In whose hearts are wise." Praise God. In Hebrews chapter thirty-one, am I correct? It says that, uh, that of the wise-hearted, right? That And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom. That they may make all that I have commanded thee. So it's one thing to receive commandment. When commandment is landing, 
Praise God. Are you saying? When or, or when I say receive, I mean corporately. Is one thing for you because what was given to Moses was a corporate commandment. That what this is corporate commandment that is there. It's laid. These are the ideas. These are the thought. And that what these are the doctrines. Praise God that have been what God actually gave to Moses were doctrines. They were they were actually doctrine. When when Moses was speaking of them, he, he, spoke, he called them doctrine. He said, "Let my doctrine distill as the dew." Praise God. That was Leviticus, I think, chapter 30, 32 or so. Praise God. So, so those are doctrine. Doctrine means the specification for building. It means the, 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 the specification, praise God, for what? For building. So the doctrine can, can be laid or can be made available by God. But in order to convert doctrine or specification into house, it takes wisdom. Wisdom pathway must be available. Amen. Amen. So Paul was saying in this First Corinthians chapter 3, uh, I'm sure we are seeing this thing. This is a very important thing for us to know. Uh, because sometimes it's, we can labor unprofitably if we don't know that wisdom is... Is principal. So wisdom is the principal thing. The word principal there means first. Principal. Amen. Amen. Principal means first. Primary. They come from the same Greek word. Or principal actually means first. One. Almost like amen. So principal, wisdom is then he now says in all that getting get understanding. So understanding comes upon wisdom. But wisdom is the principal thing. Now I, I believe one of the reasons why they they, uh, they highlighted maybe wisdom and understanding there is because of the danger to access understanding without wisdom. And men men try men men do it. Men have understanding because without understanding um, everything that is that appears, every form, every image, is actually a is a is a particular understanding at work that is producing. Now, whether it's right or not determines whether it is true wisdom. It it, it determines a lot whether it is what, because if it's not true wisdom, you now realize that that image that's from the one the materials might not be right. Where the materials are put, how they are put together might be wrong. A lot of things, but it can be a different understanding that is being built in a particular image. Amen. So understanding can come. That's why they say that. That's why they did not say understanding is the what principal thing. Is not the principal. Now some people put understanding before wisdom. Amen. Amen. People do what. Especially in these times when there's plenty of things to understand, uh, plenty of materials, plenty of resources. You have access to internet, your fingertips, anything you want. You can just bring it forth and you can just feast and feed and feed and feed and feed. Amen. Amen. So that, that, that will be, to me, I think that might be one of the great pitfalls that 
we, we might be, we, we could fall into if God doesn't help us in a generation of understanding or information, if you put it that way. One of the great, um, a great, it's a seduction. It's a seduction to, to put understanding before wisdom, to make understanding the principal thing instead of wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? Instead of wisdom. But wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know why it's principal? I'll tell you it's because in wisdom, that is where it's wisdom that that opens up the right channel of strength. Wisdom that opens the right channel of strength to you. If you bypass that one, you will now be, you will grow, you will be growing in understanding, but you will be using, if a different strength will be driving on the understanding. A different strength can drive understanding. A different strength that is not the pure strength of God can what? And when a different strength is driving understanding, that strength will also now begin to build a house a certain way. Amen. But that house will be a house of vanity. It will be a vain. It means vanity means it can't do its job. It will do something else. Praise God. So wisdom is important. It is the principal thing. Wisdom opens access into the strength, the resources. The wisdom is what gives. Is what actually is what actually imports God into a building process. Wisdom is God's entry. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wisdom is what? Is God's entry. Amen. So Paul is saying here, let's go read on that first Corinthians chapter three. He says that um, for we are laborers together with God. Thank you, Jesus. And then you are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. He used husbandry, then he used what? Building. building. Amen. Amen. You are God hus- God's husbandry. You are God's what? Building. So you see these two different kind of, um, I don't know how to put them, two different prisms or two different um, spheres of, of, um, amen. Amen. Praise God. Of organization of knowledge. Or understanding, praise God, in terms of the architectural side of it, and then the uh, what the botanical agricultural, praise God, agricultural including both the botanical and the what animal. Uh, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm not using the right word. I'm sorry. Praise God, zoological, and then the botanical. Praise God. Amen. So. Um, so he says, you are God's husbandry, you are God's building. And, and verse 10 says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation 
and another builded thereon. Lord, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Praise. And if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every what man's work. And if any man's work abide upon which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man shall be born, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by what? As by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Praise God. Let's go and say, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Amen. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. That's the thought of the wisdom of this world. What are they? That they are vain. Amen. You, you understand that psalm when you're speaking about the building, talking about the same thing. This wisdom is talking about wisdom, the application of man's or the worldly wisdom to try and accomplish things that God will accept. It, is, it results in vanity. And says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, and that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Praise God. Amen. Are you seeing this? So Paul calls himself a wise, what? A wise master builder, and then begins to speak about the house. See, he spoke about the sacredness of the foundation that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Say, no other foundation can any man lay that than that which is laid. So this foundation, which he called Jesus Christ, is not talking about Jesus Christ himself being the word. Amen. Amen. Was Jesus Christ himself according to Ephesians chapter 2? The cornerstone. The chief cornerstone. He is talking about the foundation that have been, they have built upon Jesus Christ himself. So upon Jesus Christ himself, they build Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. You can't build any other thing on top of Jesus Christ himself. You must build Jesus Christ's foundation. Amen. Amen. Then upon of the foundation of Jesus Christ, what do you build upon that? Jesus Christ. You build Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Upon Jesus Christ, you build Christ. So you have Jesus Christ himself. Mm. Upon Jesus Christ himself, you build Jesus Christ. Mm. Upon Jesus Christ, you build Christ. And upon Christ, you build who? You build God. I mean, you wonder what's the meaning of all this? Jesus Christ Himself. Just, <laughs> amen. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, well, it means something. 
Yes, this is the Holy Spirit writing. They all mean something. Praise God. Amen. 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 Jesus Christ himself means him. So that part of the foundation is him personally. That's Ephesians chapter 2. Is Jesus Christ himself being wow. the, the cornerstone. It is himself that is the cornerstone. So what they're what telling you is that there is no building of Christ separated from himself. Yes. That him, you are, every man is built upon that, that person, that one. They are not two himself. That himself is one. There, there will be many, there are, there are many, there's many Jesus Christ that is laid. And there will be many Christs in the spirit. But there's one Jesus Christ himself. And you can't separate the Christ from Jesus Christ himself. He, he personally is the foundation. That thing means something. Praise God. So if let's say you become a Christ later. They can't take you and be, make you a, a, a chief cornerstone no. for anything. <laughs> you don't have their things in him personally. It's because there's something about him. His person. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's something about who? His person. That's his own person. Well, that is personal place. Nobody can ever forget that. Yes. He's the only one. He is the only person. Praise God. So, and then every Christ must be built upon him, upon that person, himself. Then upon that Jesus Christ himself, you now have to lay foundation of Jesus Christ. That was laying foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. Amen. Amen. What did I say? Jesus Christ is the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation for Christ. Jesus Christ it has a composition of something. It has a composition of the Jesus and the Christ. Those two things are important. You can't have a Christ just hanging. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can't have what? You can't just have a hanging Christ. You see in First Corinthians chapter 15, it says there's first that which is natural. You, you can't remove that part. You can't, just, you can't just bring the spiritual. You can't just jump into the spiritual. First, see there's first the natural, then the spiritual. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? There is the natural, then there's the spiritual. You've got to give us light to see just what I'm trying to say. Amen. Now, um, Jesus will say some things, for example, like, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. You see something like in Romans chapter 8, when they are speaking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ, that law of the spirit of life in Christ. And then they now said that, that what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, right? So that the righteousness first of the law might be fulfilled in us. I want to ask you, who fulfilled the righteousness of the law? Is it Jesus? Is it Christ, sorry? No. It was Jesus who fulfilled the righteousness of the law. 
Amen. Amen. So if you want, to, you want to fulfill Christ, you've not fulfilled the righteousness of the law, there's still something there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's still something there that there's a gap in the building. You have a gap. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Yes, so Jesus, he said in Romans chapter 8, right? Yes. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in who? Christ Jesus. Sometimes you see they use that word. Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Are you seeing what made the law weak? Through the flesh. Say flesh. flesh. It's through the flesh. Weakness through the flesh. Amen. Amen. The law was weak because there, was, there wasn't a strong enough flesh to do it. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. There wasn't a what? Strong. A strong... When you give a law to a man, a weak flesh, the, fle- the law, Satan will use... What the weakness in the flesh will now take the what? <laughs> the law. And it will turn into a death to him. It will kill. See, Paul said it in chapter 7, right? That well, so iniquity, that sin, that we through occasion of the commandment, took what? Used the commandment, took occasion by the commandment, and by it slew me. So you want to ask me, where is the. Did he say devil came and took the commandment and slew me? It's not, not devil. He said the sin. Where, where was that sin? Is the sin inside him? Satan did the work that was to him it was solid. Yes. To be to be honest, I feel like Satan had been sleeping for a long time. Maybe all those years after he just wrapped up man's, you know, he mm-hmm. dealt with men. Maybe from that time of after Noah, and then after he must have been watching what will God do now. Maybe after the time of, um, after the time of the flood, and then men began again, and of course the, the seed began to lead men again and lead men. And then he led men and led men and led men till men got to Tower of Babel. And then they, they were about to have a breakthrough into destruction. And Satan must have been watching, what will God do? What will God do? What will God do? What will God do? Because he knows God has already sworn he won't destroy. Praise God. But he didn't know God is too wise. God has another wisdom. So God brought wisdom of distribution. And then God distributed men. But by that distribution, God, God reduced the advancement of because to to advance to that level, you must bring all those things they distributed together again for for the for the strength of of iniquity to rise at that level. So after that distribution, I'm sure Satan just said, "Okay, no, well, you've just slowed down the time," but. I will just go and rest and wait. It will still happen. So I, I believe between that time of distribution up until Jesus emerged, Satan must have been completely just sleeping. There's the, he had no opposition on the earth. There are no people, only few men, maybe prophets. Amen. But when, when a prophet awakes and walks, and Satan looks at the prophet, he knows that. This prophet is okay, you can walk, but I know that that one thing you can't do is you cannot publish your walk. 
so it's okay you can walk and then attain anything you want to attain no problem i'll leave you alone praise god Hallelujah. but you can't what publish your work upon men because why i had weakened man man be, has become flesh weakness was in man so and he knows that if you bring commandment to man flesh the sin in them we use it to kill so it is true so it is true weaknesses of men flesh that is what stopped righteousness of the law from being fulfilled so jesus christ came praise god amen, amen. thank you jesus for so, so there's therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after who well, the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made us free from what the law of sin and death and what that the word righteousness of the law for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god did by sending his own son amen in the likeness of sinful flesh praise god let's see that amen in the likeness of sinful flesh those things are important to note amen, amen. all i'm just trying to show you is what that jesus means amen, amen. romans chapter 8 right in the likeness for what the law could not do Verse 3, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That, now, this son that is in the likeness of sinful flesh is what you call Jesus. Christ is not in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. Amen. So there are things that the, the Jesus who was in the likeness of sinful flesh did that must be part of your building. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, so God did this thing. What, that is that what the Lord could not do in that he was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of what? Sinful flesh. Amen. When they say what the Lord could not do, it means that there was something the Lord was supposed to do. There was something the law was supposed to do. So, I want you to picture that in the Old Testament, maybe when God brought all the Israelites to receive that law, let's say they actually received it. And we know that law is not the New Testament. But it's an Old Testament, but it is something. It's, the law is spiritual. The Bible says that. Praise God. So, it means that that spiritual thing called the law, if they had received it it was something it was supposed to do it was actually it would have made all of them jesus's then they would have just been waiting for the what the new testament which is christ to come Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, they have made them. They would have made them Jesuses. So that is what that law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. He says that God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's Jesus. And then for sin, he then condemned sin in the flesh. <laughs> Praise God. So what Jesus achieves is the condemnation of sin in the flesh. The condemnation of sin in the flesh. 
Praise God. Sin can be condemned in the flesh. Sin is not only condemned in the spirit. Sin can be condemned in the flesh. Praise God. That word, condemnation of sin in the flesh, condemnation of sin in the flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, praise God, is talking about the the expression of sin that the flesh had inherited the life of sin that the flesh has what that uh, the flesh has inherited praise god that needs to be condemned in the flesh praise god what did i say the the, the sin that flesh has inherited, it needs to be what? Condemned in the flesh. Amen. And now what for Jesus is Adam. Praise God. What did I say? Uh, Now what for Jesus is is Adam. Do you know that Adam condemned sin in the flesh? You might not be able to see it, but it is by, you can infer, you can know Praise God. If sin did not take him, it means he... Condemning condemning means it's it's there. Praise God. It's there, but you can set a bound around it and stop it from raining. It's the ability to stop it from raining. Maybe you don't have the resources to extinguish it. But you can stop it from raining. That is what Jesus is. Jesus is the man who can make sin not rain. Stop the rain of sin. Will Jesus will deal with sin, but let's stop its rain. Jesus was in the likeness of sinful flesh. And to be honest with you, all the likeness of sinful flesh, that thing was not dealt with. It was not really dealt with until he went to hell. It was in hell that sin was actually made righteousness. That was what is in hell that thing happened. Because he became sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God? Actually, what God did was the, the... Actual dealing of sin wasn't until hell. But in but Jesus through his walk, he was able to stop the rain of sin. And sins are in levels. Praise God. It's not every sin that Jesus um praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus um praise God. Hallelujah.
Amen. Amen. There is Jesus that there is Jesus before there is Jesus before he became a son of God. Praise God. There is Jesus what? There is Jesus before he became the son of God. There is Jesus Christ, the son of God. So, the word son of God is there is the Christ that's the sonship of God. Then there is Christ that is, then there is the Son of God as the begotten Son of God. Amen. Amen. Now, when I just mentioned just Jesus, I want to know the part of Jesus I'm talking about. Jesus did a lot when he was on the earth. A lot of things Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ did. Praise God. But I'm, I'm talking about first the part that Jesus Christ did be, before he began to even do Christ. Praise God. Before he began to do Christ's commandment. There were things Jesus did before he began to do Christ. Yes. That's the part I'm speaking of. Praise God. He did a lot more. But there are things he did before he began to do Christ. Because Christ is a higher man. Praise God. Christ is a higher man than Moses. Christ is a higher man than Adam. After, uh, and Jesus, when he was on the earth, after a while, he became higher than Moses. He became higher than Adam. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Praise God. But he grew into that. Amen. Am I making some sense? So, so it says, so this part here, what it says is that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Sorry. Praise God. Um... He said, and for sin, verse 3, he condemned what? Sin in the flesh. I was saying Adam also did that. In the sense that he was able to stop the reign of what? Of sin. Praise God. And, and then Abel to a degree, all those men you see, to a degree, they all did that. So those men were men before the law, right? They were men before the law. Men before the law. They all measured the levels of what? Reign of sin. Enos, Enoch, all of them. See Abraham. Praise God. Right. They were, even then, then those who were the last Adam in that generation was Noah. Yes, then, but even after Noah, there were still men who were, who were, had, who were able to condemn sin at a level. Yes, or all of them, many of them, up until to me, the last was Moses. Mm-hmm. In that time, in that, in terms of that, that lineage. Mm-hmm. Then after Moses, later, some, a few began to arise to who were able to do that. You get to someone like John, for example, before Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. In you see Moses, then Aaron wasn't able to do it. Mm. <laughs> Praise God. Aaron wasn't able to do it. Because Aaron did not follow the path of Moses. 
Moses was greater than the law. The law Moses received was not for him. Moses was receiving it for the people. Moses himself was higher. The, the Bible says that every house is built by his own man. He that builded the house has more honor than the house. So if he has more honor, it means he has more, more stature. He's higher than the house. That's why he can build the house. Praise God. So Moses, so all those sins that they were doing, Moses did not need sacrifice for sin. It's Aaron that has to go offer for himself first and then for the people. Praise God. But Moses did not need any of that stuff. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing? Because they had, all of them, those men who of ways, where they had the instrument of condemnation of sin. They knew how the secret of stopping sin from reigning in the flesh. They, God had taught, trained them how to stop the reign of sin in the flesh. By what? Faith, of course, it's faith work. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, I wonder why, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you see something interesting there. You see, you see Hebrews 11, they began to list all of them who walked by faith and who obtained the report by faith. They list and list and list and list they, from, from, they started with Abel, praise God, amen. They started with who? Abel, and then they continued and continued and continued, and then they got to Moses. Now after Moses, maybe they should have mentioned Aaron. You know, they mentioned Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of them. They got to Moses. And then they now began to men- they now mention some other guys. The time will not fail me to mention some other. Let's, let's read Hebrews chapter 5. <laughs> I'm just trying to show you there's a difference, right? There's a difference. So by the time you go to Aaron, the order has changed. Because Aaron, they did not mention men who were under the law. They mentioned people who, by walking with God, had found. So you see, right from, Abel was from verse um, verse 4, am I correct? Yes, then you see Abel and Enoch, verse 5, all the way, Noah, verse 7, Abraham, verse 8. They spoke about Abraham, even Abraham's wife, Sarah, was there. Praise God. Uh, you go on, you see Isaac is verse 20, right? Yes, sir. Then Jacob verse 21. Then you see Joseph verse 22. Are you, they're just going like that, down. And then you see Moses is verse what? 23. They now spoke about Moses for a bit and all the way down. And after Moses, they now, the next thing they mentioned was Rahab. Praise God. Are you saying that? They, they did mention a lot of guys. All those priests, sons of Levi, all those people who were priests of according to the law. No more, maybe they should have been here, right? But they didn't mention them. They now mentioned Rahab, a harlot. <laughs> Praise God. So, so stopping the rain, that, that, that should very make it clear for you that the law was too weak. weak. The law could not do anything about the rain of sin. There are some people who are not in, uh, in the law, someone like Rahab, who was a harlot, could could when, she, when some requirement came, she could align with faith. She could do more faith than some that some priests could do. So
So you now see after her, you now see in some you now began to name some maybe some people in different generations. They named David, they named Samuel, verse twenty thirty two, right? Mm-hmm. Then they now made the says for who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought, wrought, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, coined the violence of fire and all that. Praise God. Yeah. So I get what I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to show you about that dimension of the answering and being able to condemn sin in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So that was something that Jesus did. Jesus began to walk by faith from a very tiny age. From little age, he had already begun to, and heaven made sure they trained him because he needed that training of faith. Are you seeing that? So, so you get my point now. So sometimes you might think anything below Christ is the law. <laughs> Amen. No. There is a realm below Christ that there's, a, that there's still a track record of faith work that is still needed. It must be part of your building too. You can't remove that part. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you see that Ephesians... Right, so, so Jesus, you have Jesus Christ Himself, which is His person. Then you have the foundation in First Corinthians, chapter First Corinthians, chapter three. Yes, right. First Corinthians, chapter three. So he says that, I'll read again, he says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builded thereon. Lord, let every man take it how we build it upon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which we, means which we have laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul actually laid Jesus Christ. Paul didn't only lay Christ. Paul laid Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Not Paul alone. Paul and all the other apostles. Praise God. All the other apostles, they had already started laying Jesus before Paul came. That's why those other ones, they didn't call them the apostles. They were not the apostles of Christ. They were first apostles of Jesus before they became the apostles of Christ. Paul was the first apostle of Christ. When Paul became the apostle of Christ, they were already 12 apostles of Jesus. And they had apostolic message. They were sometimes you might think maybe they weren't doing too much. They were just singing and and uh, no, no, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe. Uh, you think you can just singing and clapping produce a man who is full of faith? How do how did they raise somebody like Stephen, Philip? They had doctrine. They called the apostles' doctrine. What were the apostles? They were not, they were not teaching Christ. They were teaching Jesus, that, that man who they walked with. Praise God. <laughs> there is doctrine there too. Yes, there is doctrine there too. And that doctrine must be part of your building as well.
not it's not only part of your building it's part of the foundation <laughs> so what you mean is that you can't build a christ on a in a foundation that doesn't have jesus as part of it Am I making sense? So you now realize that what builds Jesus is the milk of the word. Praise God. How many of you believe that milk milk is part of your foundation? You know when you say foundation, you only say Christ. It's our foundation. <laughs> it's a solid rock. You know that Christ, there must be Jesus before Christ. Any Christ that did not have Jesus first is a fake one. It's not a fake. It's not a real Christ. This first the natural, First Corinthians 15, study that place well. Paul took time to explain it. He said there's the first man and then there's the second man. Praise God. The first man, Adam. And then the last man. So there's first, you can't have... He said it's not the spiritual. Let's read that place. He, he, he made was specific a little about, about that. Fananahishtis to preno. Karia damaho. Taki indros. Father, we bless your name. Amen. We give you all the glory. Thank you. Wait, this place he said it's not the spiritual, it's not first, but the, but the natural. Then afterward, the spiritual. Yes, First Corinthians fifteen. Have you seen? Forty what? Okay, forty four. It says okay. Praise God. Forty six. Okay. Okay, verse forty five says, and so it is written: the first man Adam was made a living soul, and then the last Adam was made a word. A quickening spirit. So, are you seeing that you need living soul for quickening spirit? Not every Christian is a living soul yet. In a, in terms of full living soul. Praise God. You need to. The soul must be worked on to become living. Then, then, in, then quickening spirit. It is living soul that is made quickening spirit. Praise God. So you see, verse forty-six. How be it that was not first, which is spiritual. They're talking in terms of laying things out in building of man, of a man. You see, that, and then with specific example of Jesus, because Jesus is the case study here about Jesus, how he came. They're talking in terms of him, praise God. It says that, it was, that that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. So the natural is first. And then afterward, you see the word afterward, that which is spiritual. Afterward, then that which is spiritual. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, afterward. Afterward. Praise God. Hallelujah. The first man is of the earth. Earthly, the second man is who? The Lord from heaven. Says, as is the earthy, such are they which are earthy, as is the heavenly, such are also that which is heavenly. And we have borne the image of the earthy. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So we shall also bear the image. Now you want to know he's speaking to the first Corinthian church. You need to know because when he says we are born, he was actually just it was a collective term he was using, I believe, 
to speak to that particular church in the state where they are. To, to this first Corinthian church, they have borne the earthly image in, in terms of milk of the word. Because this church, they were still, they were babes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. They are not just babes, but they were babes in Christ. So babes in Christ is almost like Jesus. Babes in Christ is not Christ. It's just it's below Christ. Praise God. So you see in, in 1 Corinthians chapter... Um, 1 Corinthians chapter... Let's just go back a little. Um, maybe chapter... Chapter 3, right? Chapter 3, praise God. He says that, And I, brethren, right, he says, Could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Are you seeing that? So, so it's a natural first before spiritual. So he says, I couldn't speak to you. That word natural there means, natural just means your initial framing. Initial, say nature. Something is natural. In, when it comes to things, they say, this one is natural, that one is artificial. This is natural, that is artificial. What are they trying to tell you? When they say something is artificial, it means that it, wasn't, it didn't flow from the first creation. It didn't just flow from the first. They had to do something to bring it up. Praise God. So, natural means from the first creation. Praise the Lord. It means from the what? First creation. So, an Adam is from that order. He, praise God. So, now, so when they say somebody is carnal, carnal, carnal does not mean sinful. Yes. Carnal does not mean sinful. Adam was carnal. That doesn't shock you. Abraham was Kana. I sound like this. What do you mean? You are blaspheming? No. I'm not. I'm too sure I'm not. I'm too sure because it's very clear. That word carnal, 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 carnal. Praise God. Carnal means you are not naturally spiritual. It doesn't mean you, don't, you can't do spiritual things. He's talking about the nobody whose spirit is dead can be naturally spiritual. Abraham's spirit was dead. So even though he can carry out faith, God had a way to import faith work, to make the soul do faith, even while the spirit is dead. But such an operation, though it's not, it can get the job done, but it is not natural. It's not naturally spiritual. I don't know if you're getting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's not naturally spiritual, but it can. But God knows, how to wait to, knows has a way to make the soul journey at a level. Praise God. Are you seeing what makes Christ higher? What makes Christ higher is that Christ is the spiritual man. 
Anything below spiritual is kind of is that is that you are spiritual or you are not? If Christ is the spiritual man, a man lower than Christ can't be called a spiritual man. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not spiritual. <laughs> you know, we need to when we see this, you now you now begin to understand why Christ is such an exalted, why he's so separate. Yeah. Uh, he's not just a good man. He's hmm. not just someone who is nice, who is good. It's not even just somebody who obeys God. There are men who obeyed God, but they are not spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different, it's a creation. Christ is a creation. It's a new creation. It's a different creation. It's a spiritual creation. So you need to understand, when you start learning Christ, you need to understand what you are learning. That's one thing about Christ. When you start learning Christ, you are learning it's as if you are learning another world. It's almost as if this, the learning seeks to take you away from here. It takes, it almost just, <laughs> it wants to, it comes against everything about this one. Like when you look at Abraham, Abraham was obeying God, walking by faith. But Abraham was not, wasn't walking contrary to the earth. In other words, when Abraham is counting prosperity, he will still count his cows, he will still count his land, he will still count his thing. He was still count his. Are you get what I'm saying? But even in that, he was in a faith course. God, they could still do faith. So because of that, they are able to stop sin from reigning. But they can't delete sin from their genetics completely. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. So the, the difference is, I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is that all, all makes them, the difference between an Abraham, for example, and a Christ is that an Abraham cannot, cannot inherit heaven. Yes. An Abraham cannot inherit heaven. He can't be, he's not heavenly. Amen. There is heavenly righteousness. There is earthly righteousness. Yes. Am I making sense to you? There is what? Heavenly righteousness. There is what? There's what? Earthly righteousness. Now, when you come to the earth, there is a sin that when you take sin in its true nature, in the, I mean, just in it, not sin that has morphed and customized itself to express in the natural on the earth. No. I mean, take sin in its native spiritual form. If you just take it like that raw and you bring it to the earth, you won't see it. You won't see it. When you see, look, you won't see sin there. You won't see sin. You won't see. But take it and then move it into heaven. Yeah. It will be glaring. This is sin. Yes. Are you get what I'm saying? So you see why on the earth a man like Abraham can be righteous. He's an earthly man. He became a, he was a king. He became a king on the earth. He was righteous, but he's righteous. But when you take him to heaven, in terms of in the heavenly environment, you will see sin in Abraham. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Wow. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Is the, so you're saying so the, the faith walk of Abraham, what it stopped is the reign, the earthly reign of sin. Stopping the earthly reign of sin is not the deletion of sin because sin is heavenly. It is spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. You can stop its reign on the and then when you maybe when you when you see Abraham, maybe when you when you really relate to Abraham, to the level of all his consciousness, when you probe him. It's called that this man has finished all the righteousnesses in his consciousness because of work on the earth. Because, but Abraham, the, the, the problem is that Abraham only had an earthly consciousness. He didn't have an earth. But by the time you bring heavenly consciousness, you will now begin to see that there are sins still remaining. Praise God. That's why you see all those men who walk by sin, who stop the reign of sin, those are people who will be kings of the earth in, in the world to come. The new earth will belong to them. They will be the kings of the new earth. Yeah. You will see all, you will see them. You will see them. They excelled in the righteousness of, of the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? So, so you see here, what I'm trying to tell you is that carnal. So you see this word, when they now say carnal, you, you, not, you won't find this word in the Old Testament. And when it's New Testament, they now have to now start telling you, okay, there's something called carnal. It's what is lower than. It, carnal means any, lower than, any standard lower than spiritual. It doesn't mean that you are, when you come, you, you are sinful in the... When you are talking of sinfulness in terms of the, what the earth can detect... Carnal, you might call it spiritual. You might say, ah, I can't, there's no sin here now. You know what I mean? But so carnal is speaking with relationship to heaven. Relating to heaven. It's lower than heaven. Praise God. So that's you see this first Corinthian church, they are journeyed to a place. So he says, I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Right? He says, but as unto carnal, even as unto who? Unto babes in Christ. Amen. A babe in anything means it's not, you're not that thing yet. Just to understand what that means. If you're a babe in anything, it means that you're not that thing yet. But you have, you are, your trajectory is to get there. You are born into it. You are to, if you, if you go through the, cup, the path of growth, nothing happens to you. You will eventually become that thing. Like my daughter Zara now is a babe in humanity. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Left to me, she's not really, where is he, person, fully. <laughs> Praise God. In terms of usefulness, what I, you need to understand what I mean. As a person, in terms of usefulness. If, you, if I buy one dog now, if, 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 let's say buy a five-year-old dog, that dog usefully can do more useful things than her in the house. It can kill the rats. <laughs> If someone is coming, it can back and say, "Hey, why?" It has a sense of something not going wrong. It has. A, I get what I'm saying. Praise God. Functionally, are you getting what I'm saying? So, so to her, she doesn't. She's just there. She's a baby. Amen. So functionally, I don't. You don't classify her. This is a. Amen. <laughs> So you need to understand the meaning of babes in Christ. So babes in Christ are not Christ. 
What it means just means that they don't, they can't, there's no way a baby in Christ can exhibit Christ's properties. Mm-hmm. They are not babes. They are to grow into Christ. So a baby in Christ, but it means that there are trajectories to become, yes. So a babe in Christ is somebody who was born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody who is what? Anybody who is not born again is not a babe. For example, Abraham is not, was not a babe in Christ because he didn't have anything that, that cooled. He didn't have any what? Destiny. It is your new birth that gives you a destiny in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is, when you talk of carnality, it's not every carnal person that you can say this one is carnal, but then he's a babe in Christ. But these ones they are speaking to are babes in Christ. So they are a special kind of carnal. They are carnal that have spiritual destiny. That's why Paul can't leave them alone. Paul has to keep talking to them. <laughs> like you are not, <laughs> you can't just leave you. You have a destiny in, upon you. And that's why one of the most dangerous things for any carnal person to do if you are a Christian is to stay carnal for too long. It's an abnormality. You shouldn't. Amen. Amen. After a while, you should start becoming spiritual. Praise God. So I could not speak unto you as unto to spiritual, but as unto babes, as unto carnal, but even as babe in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not what? Able to bear it. Neither are you what? Are you not yet carnal? For where there is still among you what? Envying. And then what? Strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? So you see this carnal, their own level of carnality. They are even carnal people on the earth. Men before. Someone like John the Baptist. Those kind of men who would have outgrown many of all these things. Yes. So carnality is in levels. Praise God. Um, am I saying something yes, to us? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I, I don't know if I've been able to explain that thing of the, the cornerstone, what it is. The cornerstone is not just the foundation. The cornerstone is the person, the man, Jesus Christ himself. That is Ephesians chapter 2. Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. And then the foundation that is laid, it says you are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, praise God, that no foundation can any other one lay except that which is already laid, which is Christ or Jesus Christ. Which is who? Jesus Christ. So, Jesus Christ is laid as a foundation upon the who? Upon Jesus Christ himself. Every man who is a spirit, spiritual, who you are building up, so you are standing on Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. That means he's the one carrying you. Yes. If you remove him, there's no body that is, let's take Jesus out of the question. And then let's just go. We are now, we have, I have stature. And then you, praise God. <laughs> I'm trying to describe the import of this thing. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the import. That word himself means this, that let's say somebody who has never subscribed to Jesus personally, 
you can't build foundation of Jesus Christ in them. Let's say, let's say, I want to now take all these things and then teach them to somebody, praise God, who doesn't believe that that man, Jesus, who was born in, 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 where? in Bethlehem, who grew up in Nazareth, that that man is the son of God, that particular man. So, you know, I don't believe that that particular man, just, I don't believe that maybe there's a provision of Jesus somewhere in the spirit that God, that's something that symbolizes the son of God. And uh, there are all kinds of things. Praise God. Are you sure I'm saying? So you don't identify with him personally. That himself. You, such a person, you can never build Jesus Christ in such a man. Number one, he, can never, he can't even get born again. Right? Because that's the prerequisite for being born again, right? Mm-hmm. You must believe that God raised that one, that himself, from the dead. And you must accept that himself as your Lord. And confess him as your Lord. Praise God. Anybody who has done that phase has the cornerstone in place. Now, Someone can have a cornerstone in place, but he has no foundation and no building. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means every person who is born again, they are walking around with the cornerstone. Now, some are, some are built other things on top of that cornerstone. No, that's why Paul was warning, be careful what you build upon your hand. But every man who was born again has a cornerstone. They just set a cornerstone inside of you. When you get born again, when you accept himself, the person, and you get quickened, they've, they've put a cornerstone. The cornerstone upon which foundation should then be laid, eventually, which is foundation of Jesus and Christ. Praise God. And then upon which the house of Christ should be built. Amen. Amen. Now what will make somebody in whom the cornerstone has been put in them have a different building inside? Can you answer the question? Lack of what? Wisdom. Wisdom. That's what Paul was addressing. In that first Corinthians chapter three. Amen. Amen. Paul was addressing, he was concerned about how men are building. When God brings people, if you are a pastor, they bring people with to you to pastor. You are taught you are they are bringing lands where they've put cornerstone. The cornerstone of Christ Himself has been put in them. They are just telling you, Hey, can you build can you fetch, can you discover and fetch foundation of Jesus Christ into build Jesus Christ upon the foundation of that, upon that cornerstone, amen? amen? And then you need to be able to build Christ in them. But that building can only be done through wisdom. Without wisdom, you can. Wisdom, man, mastery. Paul calls it, he says, amen? amen. So a master builder, master. Thank you, Father. But so nice is we are, we are laborers together with God. Right? Says ye are God's husbandry and ye are God's what? Building. Building. So when you say laborers together, 
Um, I don't think. Um, praise God. Everyone, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Are you seeing? Read verse eight. So now he that planted and he that watered are one. So they, so they plant and water, and then every man shall receive his own what reward according to his own labor. Amen. Now, when you say his own, they're not talking about the apostles who preached. They are, they are, those who preached are those who are planting and watering. They are one. But in our six piece about every single man in whom they planted and watered, we now begin to receive his own reward according to his own labor. So this labor here is talking about the, the individuality of each person, your own responsibility, not your pastor now. Your, your pastor has his own. The person who is preaching to you has their own responsibility in the matter. Praise God. But you have your own labor. You are also laborers together with God. Every man is a laborer together with God. When it comes to building your house, you are a laborer together. And the reward you receive is according to your own labor. Well, for you are God's husband, God's building. Then verse 10 now says, According to the grace of God, which has given me as a wise master builder. A wise, so this now word, wise master builder. Wise master builder. He's talking about that has to do with his own apostolic grace. Praise God. What I say has to do with what? His own apostolic grace. So he said, I have laid the foundation and another builder thereon. But let every man take how take it how we build it upon. For other foundation can no man lay in this, in that it laid and that is laid, which is Christ, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for they shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work for what sort it is. And if any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be born, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, praise God, and that the Spirit of God doth what? Dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. If the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye? Amen. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? Let no man deceive himself. Praise God. And let's focus on this verse 18 a bit. Then we'll go back. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Say, for the wisdom, verse 18, let no man deceive himself. For if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool. They are speaking when it comes to this building. They are talking to you about when it comes to this matter of building upon that stone within you. If those of you who are wise, you better become a fool when it comes to this matter. Praise God. Because if you don't become a fool, you cannot be wise. So let him become a fool that he may be wise. Amen. Amen. Once you need to become a fool so you can be wise. It's just simple because the first wisdom you had is not the kind of wisdom that's needed for the kind of work. You need to let it go. You can't, and you can't mix them. You cannot mix wisdom of 
this world, as he puts it here, with the wisdom that builds God's house. They are not the same kind. You can't calculate the house and start building it. It's a spiritual house. Amen. Amen. Says for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? It is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are, are yours. Praise the Lord. Okay, I want to just... Um, let's go back to that Proverbs. I'm sorry. I just need to... Just drive that thing home, what the Lord wants to share with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my God. Proverbs chapter 24. Amen. Okay, verse 3 again. It says that through wisdom, you are seeing that now. Through wisdom and houses builded, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So, and then verse five says, "A wise man is strong; yea, a man of knowledge increases strength." I was now showing you that the praise God, the wisdom is the beginning of strength, the initial initiation of strength, praise God, of the right strength for building, then what you call knowledge, I call knowledge fullness of strength. Because when, when you say, when the house that at full strength is not just the frame of the house, the, the house at full strength is the riches of the house. Praise God. If a house has been built, it has been roofed, it has a door, it has everything, praise God, in terms of the frame, the window, have everything there. But then you come and bring a, someone to evaluate the, the house. Let's say inside is empty. It's not furnished. When you evaluate the house, they will give you an amount. This is what is how it is worth. But that is not the highest that house can be worth. To bring that house to the highest worth it can be, you, you, can, you have to fill it. Praise God with precious and pleasant riches. When you have filled, say the word fill. Fill means you fill it to the point where you can add more pleasant and precious riches. At that state, when you give that house an appraisal, it will give you a value that you can never add to it. That's the highest that house can be worth. Are you getting the sense of what I'm saying? So we are talking about when it comes to strength in the spirit. There is, a, there is what you call fullness of strength. The strength, the fullness of strength has to do with the, when the destiny, the house has reached its destiny, the, its fullest potential. How many of you believe God wants you as a house to reach your fullest potential? Yes. God wants you to reach your what? Fullest potential. Your fullest potential shall the chamber be filled with all precious. Say precious and, ple- and present riches. Precious and pre- pleasant riches. Praise God. 
Amen. Amen. So, the word increasing of strength here is, is the destination of strength. God. Time, time is always fighting. Praise God. Remember in Daniel chapter 11 Verse 32, it says that, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, right? So, but the people that do know their God shall be strong. Praise God. And do exploit. The people who do know their God shall be strong and shall do what? And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil, what? Many days. So you see that knowledge of God, praise God, makes you what? Strong. Now this prophecy is a big prophecy but it's about the end times. Amen. Amen. In summary, what this verse is saying is that in those times is they that have come to know their God, that those people will have strength in the end time. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there is knowledge that is strength to do these exploits. Um, the doing of exploits is, um, praise God, is a lot in that word, exploit. Exploit actually means the kind of, the, the kind of, they will be the elite, spiritual elite mm. of the last days because they will have the, they will have access into secrets that men ordinarily will not have access to. 
Praise God. That is the word exploit, like exploring. Those who are able to do exploits. I mean, those who are exploit means doing beyond what is on the surface, doing beyond what people can see. Amen. And then, so your ability to 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 walk in realms beyond the what which appears that realm is actually the realm of strength, and that is the security of the last days. Mm-hmm. Is that is me uh, being able to? There's a life everybody sees, yes. but being able to see and then it's, it's the one thing to sight a life from afar and have glimpses, but being able to walk in a secret life beyond the general gaze that is the the definition of strength. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So and that stature is knowledge to walk constantly. It takes knowledge to constantly walk in a realm. Amen. The first strength of wisdom opens the world to you and sets you in the course, praise God, to begin to be established in that dimension. So there is a dimension in God that God wants us to be established. But you take people who have been framed up by knowledge, first by wisdom, and then ultimately by knowledge. It's wisdom first, and then what? Eventually, you see, in, in between, from wisdom, you see this, this, the, the seven spirits are manifest, even in this chapter here. In this chapter, you, there's wisdom, there's understanding or revelation, there's counsel, there's might, there's knowledge, and there's fear of the Lord. This place just describes how these spirits operate. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You see, verse 6 now moves to counsel, right? They speak of wisdom, verse 3, and understanding. Then, verse 4, they that spoke of knowledge, which is the end, when the house has been filled with all the riches. Praise God. So, a wise man is strong, the beginning. Is introduction into strength, is wisdom. The now spoke of the end part of strength, which is knowledge, which is a man that what increases strength. And they now began to delve in more. And it now says, by wise counsel. Wise counsel means counsel that wisdom has led you into. Amen. You know, it's counsel, wisdom on Sunday, you now have counsel and might. You see, by wise counsel, thou shalt make war and in multitude of counselors there is what safety wisdom is too high for a fool he openeth not his mouth in the gate he that devised said to do evil shall be called mysterious person praise the lord amen, amen. praise god um, amen amen So you see the realms of wisdom, understanding, amen. Mm-hmm. Then you see counsel and might. Mm-hmm. Then you see knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. So wisdom and understanding, then what? Counsel and mind. 
and then what? Knowledge, Knowledge and then what? The fear of the Lord. So counsel and mind is verse six. Praise God. Hallelujah. Counsel. You see counsel. He said, counsel, by wise counsel thou shalt make war. Yeah. Making of war is might. Yeah. So counsel, you use counsel for making of war. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then that will lead into um, knowledge. Praise God. Hallelujah. And of the what? Yeah. And of the fear of the Lord. Um, praise God. Um, God will help us. Amen. Um, God will help us to um, find strength. I mean, there's still a lot about this wisdom, probably that, that beginning entrance into wisdom. That's what God wants to establish. Amen. But just time is fighting with me. So, bro, it's okay. We, don't, we can't go into everything in one day. Praise God. But, but that area, God wants us to master the, the, the wisdom that is from above. Mm-hmm. Paul spoke about in, I think in First Corinthians chapter 2, he spoke about that. That's the, the chapter before he started speaking about the building. He said very key things about the wisdom. He said, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with exciting words of man's wisdom. Praise the Lord, declaring unto you the... Well, praise God. And then he said that I came to you with a what? Manifestation of the Spirit and then of what? And of power that your feet should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the what? In the power of God. Praise God. He began to teach more about that wisdom that's from above. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. This world we speak in wisdom. Not wisdom of this world which is coming to not, but the wisdom which the Holy Ghost teacheth. So that wisdom compares spiritual with the spiritual. Praise God. The wisdom that compares the spiritual with the spiritual. Now, this is a world of strength, mm. of God's own strength. Mm. Amen. In that chapter 2, Paul still made a lot of comparison between, uh, praise God. Mm. I don't want to even turn there at all because of time. Amen. But he made com- <laughs> a lot of comparison because we, between man's own approach and God's own approach. Amen. He made some. He now, he now began to talk about something dangerous. He talks about the spirit of a man. Sometimes it's that spirit of a man that wars with men. It fights the spirit of God. The spirit of a man can give revelation to the man. But what it will reveal are the things of men. Say no man knows the things of a man except by the spirit of a man. Then no man knows the things of God except by the spirit of God. Praise God. So that spirit of a man is also a churner of wisdom. He calls it man's wisdom. You know, spirit, spirit infuses wisdom. In that Exodus chapter 31, he said, I in whom I have put my spirit. Is the, is the spirit he put in them. That the first, when, when a spirit wants to, wants to, on, to spread itself, it wants to spread itself and manifest. It's the first operation is always wisdom. Mm-hmm. It, it starts wisdom. Wisdom starts the, gives the access to all the other riches, all the other things that the spirit wants to bring to a person. Praise God. So that, that is the way it is with the spirit of God. Huh? 
That spirit of wisdom is key. When, when, when he talks about going from strength to strength, that strength journey is actually is wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just wisdom of you can. Last time we talked, was it Wednesday, talking about connecting strength mm-hmm. at levels of journey. Yes. Connecting. How do you think that connection happens? Mm-hmm. It's, it's spirit of wisdom. It's spirit of, you fetch it from somewhere. There's a place you should be fetching mm-hmm. resources from. Wisdom is the bringer of resources, other than that word for it. And those resources are resources of strength that they, they furnish the soul with. Amen. That helps the soul in journey of righteousness. Amen. God will, God will give us more skill. Uh, God wants to make us so, we become so, because in the last days we have to become very skilled with, with the things of the kingdom, with the things of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10 said that this, the God, God had revealed them to us by His Spirit. See, for the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the word, the deep things of God. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man that is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. See, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Are you seeing that key? Not there's a word. There are words which man's wisdom teaches. It's also a pathway of, is a pathway of we of strength. That's the strength that he leads to vanity. Where he say, except God builded the house, they they labor in vain. So it means that the word which man's wisdom teaches are also instrument of labor. If a soul is filled with these things, man, a person will labor in vanity. Praise God. So, but there is a wisdom which the Holy Ghost teacheth, which compares spiritual things uh, with what? With spiritual. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for their foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Uh, we give all glory to your name. We worship you. Give praise. Amen. I will bless today. And I think we can just stop there. Oh, thank you, Father. Father, <clears throat> Amen. Kemisina kano, karas destupreno, vandana, vanahatano, elmosiha, kadizos. Let's just pray a little. Menahaza. Wisdom and strength, Mishaten the sea, Korasata Pranova, Sastepranijans Ostaki. Let's ask for increase of the spirit of wisdom upon us. Increase in measure and activity. Increase in measure. We can't connect strength from the right flow without the spirit of wisdom. Pray for increase, Lord, increase, increase, increase in my life, 
the activities of wisdom increase 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 she meant a Christi Paranista Faha Paranasi Pantai Festa Paoni Gensika Urene Alfano Alfreno Alfrena Frensa Putet Zupra Tishke Presco Tura Mishte Saya Garon Taski Sion de Ivron Taski Honde Mandeno Segre I have my Komeningus the prostitute brought to grey in Mary and Doha. Our Lord, Abraham, Hanna, Makume, and Kamazus, the Pestis, and Rimendus Keti, Chrisatamata Pata, Lika Tapas, the Purimendi, Miski, Miki, 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 Thank you, our Father. We give you glory. Amen. Praise God. Our Father, we thank you. We believe you have heard us this morning. We have prayed for increase of your spirit of wisdom into our heart. Father, I pray that that spirit will come here and rest more. Amen. I pray it will pour itself more into Amen. us Amen. and that it will begin to express more, Amen. begin to speak more, begin to move more Amen. on the inside of us Amen. because the, he holds the key into the realms of strength. He's the one who is a supplier of spiritual strength into our heart. He said a man of the wise man is strong. A wise man is strong. He has access to strength. Father, I pray for every one of us who will begin to access strength. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray, Lord, um, through wisdom, we will begin to take overcoming steps. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, our Father. I pray you'll use this word to bless us uh, continuously. I ask, Lord, let your spirit breathe more upon it in our heart and bring more light more illumination more clarity thank you our father we give all the glory to your name in jesus name we pray amen you dwells between the cherubim shine forth